0: Locked Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Curtin Caldwell. Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan here. As we bring you Talking in Circles, we're going to look back at the 2020 season tonight, talk about the four teams. We're going to give our report cards for each four teams. Stuart Haas, Team Penske, Dash Fenway, Front Row Motorsports, and Go Fast Racing will be rated on their 2020 performance. We'll also talk about the Open Team situation that was brought to light by Carl Long. Carl Long made some interesting notes about this on and NASCAR Radio a couple of weeks back, and it was confirmed this week by Bob Pocris that uh, what Carl Long said is actually factual. So we'll dive into that and what that could mean for the Open Team situation. We'll also start, we'll start the show with John Hunter Nemechek going to Kyle Busch Motorsports, but a quick couple of things I want to uh, talk about first, and um, you know, just just say this to to all the people listening. I want to say first and foremost, thoughts and prayers go out to Morgan Shepherd, who it was just announced uh, tonight actually that Morgan Shepherd has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and so we're uh, pulling for Morgan. You know, he's a four-time Cup Series winner. I think of him that twenty. He was the first guy I remember in a twenty-one Wood Brothers car. So thoughts and prayers to him as well as the guy I consider one of the greatest, if not the greatest broadcaster of all time in NASCAR history, Ken Squire, who is battling, uh, what many people in this country have battled and that is COVID-19. So prayers to Morgan Shepard and the great legendary Ken Squire as they're going through some tough times right now. And we hope that they pull through, uh, and enjoy their life uh, for a lot longer. So I wanted to get that here on talking circles. I know, um, Though that it's kind of a somber time here, we've we've gone through a pandemic, we're still going through it, and it's uh, it's been a rough time. And we're a show that we like to sort of be a escape from that. I know there's a lot of talk about that, but we need to keep the people who are close to our hearts and keep them in our prayers. And certainly Ken Squire and Morgan Shepard are certainly those guys. So um, to move on to what we what we're really going to do here tonight, and that is discuss NASCAR racing. First thing I want to discuss with you guys tonight is the move for John Hunter Nemechek. Now, we talked about it last week a little bit. I, I had some, some – I've heard some rumors, and I had some confirmation that this could have been – this could be the move, that John Hunter Nemechek was moving back to the NASCAR truck series. And people say back – a step back. I shouldn't say back. Is moving to the truck series. Uh, a lot of people – I know there's a few people I talked to today who are very um, skeptical of the move. I saw a lot of skepticism on social media as well about to move and I wanna get your guys' thoughts on it before I give my opinion. I'll start with Philip Matthew. Philip, what did you think of John Hunter Nemechek, The announcement today that John Hunter Nemechek is gonna to go to the number four car he's gonna drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports and Toyota in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for the twenty twenty one season. He's gonna run for the championship. What are your thoughts on John Hunter Nemechek's move today?
2: Uh Queen I think it's it's uh inter- I mean definitely an interesting move. Uh something where John Hunter is betting on himself and that he had a cup ride. And I mean, based on what he said to Bob Pachras earlier today, it didn't sound like it was completely solid. Um, they keep Michael McDowell, but then they won't keep John the, probably the best driver they've had in that organization. Uh, they'll say, Oh, we wrecked a lot of race cars. I mean, he's a young aggressive driver who's learning. He's a rookie. Um, He jumped in Matt Tiff's 36 car last year and improved that car by like, I don't know, eight positions, a race or something. They had good momentum pre-COVID. They had some good runs after that, but there was a lot of struggles. Uh, I look at this opportunity for him. He's He's betting that Kyle Busch Motorsports comes back to where they were a few years ago. He's betting on himself that being able to be in a competitive frontline truck will, he'll be able to win again. Uh, I think he wants to join his father as a champion in NASCAR. Um, he figures running 25th every week in cup, even though there's a lot of money in cup, it's better to go and run in the truck series, get more experience, work with Toyota. And if he does a really good job, with the, you know, now that 2311 exists, and the notion is that they're going to be a four-car organization eventually, uh, it's a bet on, on himself to go and say, hey, if I win this Truck Series championship, I might be back in cup in 2022 anyway. Uh, I mean, I think that's really what it boils down to. It's a better option. There's a future there. Uh, maybe some of the options like we were thinking, like I was thinking, or we might've talked about it where Ganassi might've been a thing with Kurt Busch. Maybe that's not in play or that wasn't in play. Uh, you know, Ford, there's not really, I mean, it would be a lateral move to go to Roush at this point. Um, we're going to talk about that more. We're going to talk about the Ford teams, but I mean, uh, John Hunter is a talented guy. He's very aggressive. He will give you a, uh, all, everything. So, um, for Kyle Busch Motorsports, they have a championship contender for sure. And it starts or continues the dominoes that are all kind of, um, being moved around here in the truck series, a lot of competitive seats and a lot of young talent in the truck series.
0: Well, you touched on something very interesting. And and that is the fact that a lot of people look at Kyle Busch Motorsports the last couple of seasons and say, Hmm, not a great ride. They've really struggled. But I know that team, you know, with Rudy really Fugel moving up to the Cup Series with William Byron and Hendrick Motorsports, I know that team's looking to hire some additional help. They could totally be um, – I've heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, that somebody who's very close to John Hunter, who's worked with them in the past, could be, uh, John, be the crew chief uh, or at least a big partner over there at Cobbush Motorsports working with that organization. So that could be something to keep an eye on. Uh as the year goes forward, and I have a feeling that is part of the reason why John Hunter went over there and decided to drive that for Toyota. How about you, Spencer? We all love the Truck Series. We we look at the Truck Series as one of the more competitive divisions in NASCAR. John Hunter was at Front Row Motorsports, and I know Phillips said that um, it sounded like he didn't have a, a a a concrete ride. David Reagan used to say that all the time too. I think really what Front Row looks at it is is sponsorship wise. And whether or not that sponsor's going sponsor's to come back and uh, and stuff like that, but you know with a charter he was probably going to run there. But very interesting move as far as we don't usually usually see people go from the Cup series to the Truck series. What are your thoughts on John Hunter Nemechek doing that for 2021?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great move. Like I said in the last podcast, um, you know this just goes to show he's not there for the money. You know the Cup money is so much more than a, a top-notch truck team, um, and it just is. I mean, that's, that's just the name of the game. You're at the top of the, you're at the top of the uh, league, uh, top of the ladder, whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, I think with him going to Toyota can be huge. He can get over here and he can win races. And as far as people saying that KBM's been, eh, I think it's just the drivers they had. Um, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I think Todd's a good driver. Um, he's he outperformed that. Um, 38 front row DGR Crosley Alliance, um, truck this year. Um, I, I, I really just think drivers, the drivers were young, they were inexperienced. Um, you know, Rudy can only do so much on top of the pit, pit box. He can make the car as good as he wants, but if you have a driver that's out there making mistakes, well, then you're not going to get to the front. Um, we saw Kyle Busch get into that truck and he went to Charlotte and ran really good, you know, almost won the bounty chase, just beat him a little bit, but, um, I, I think I don't think there's nothing wrong with KBM. You know they might be off just a little bit, uh, but you know that you know you don't have Byron in those trucks anymore. You don't have Jones in those. You don't have Christopher Bell. Those are top notch guys in the sport now that we see winning in the Cup Series. Um, so I, as far as John Hunter going over there, he's experiencing go over there. He can compete for a championship, possibly win a championship. And you know I don't think he's going to go trucks, Xfinity Cup. You know, he just went down to, you know, have a better opportunity, get back into Toyota in 2022. He has a cup ride. Um, I think this is just buying time. You know, I we've seen, you know, why not? Why would you stay in the Cup Series and run 21st or go to the trucks and run top five and compete for races? You know, we've seen Clint Boyer go to H. Scott and run like crap. We've seen drivers use a year just to say, let me just get through this year and everything's going to be all right. And uh, and this can produce a hell of a ride for him over at Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's um, Toyota team, and you know he gets there with Bubba, and those two drivers are they're talented race car drivers. They're young, they're hungry, they want to win, they're aggressive, and that's you know this is um, this is possibly the best thing that could happen for him is to um, go down to the trucks, and you know obviously there's not an Xfinity ride for him. For a Toyota So he went to trucks and he has to do what he has to do Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to sacrifice things To have a better outcome In the future And um, But I see this as a hell of a move for him um, And like Philip said He wants to win a championship like his dad did And you know that will be another duo With championships in the uh, NASCAR So um, I think he's a good driver I think he can do it
0: Yeah inter- very interesting and, and you know you touched on a lot of good points there For sure And one I really agree with is he looked at this move maybe two, three years down the road. And a lot of people kind of scratch their heads right now and say, what's he doing? And there's some people who think this is a step back for John Hunter, and I'm not so sure about that. Um, And here's – you brought up the twenty three eleven team for Denny Hamlin and and Michael Jordan. That is certainly, I think, something they got – he's got his eye on. And and I don't think John Hunter would have done this if Toyota didn't sit there and say, hey – we love you. We, we think you're a good driver. People forget. He's only 24 years old. It's not like we're talking about a guy who's 30, 31 years old, who's run, been in the Cup Series for five years. You know, he's only two years removed from running full-time in a truck series. So he's a, you know, he had one year in Xfinity with, with GMS and then one year Front our motorsports. So he he was, he's still a young kid. He's still a very young kid. He's got 36 races of Cup experience now under his belt uh, with front row motorsports and that helped him. But, you know, you always got to keep your eyes open, and I think this opportunity. Looked at it, he said, "Listen, I'm a much better driver now than I was two years ago, and if I go to the Truck Series and take what, everything I've learned and put it all into the, the Truck Series and go out and win and win a championship, that's going to be huge for my career." He's never had that opportunity, and I think if you asked him, and even his father was Nimco Motorsports, and. Opportunity to win championships for John Hunter Nemechek in the Truck Series, they probably say no. You know, he, they did a hell of a job, and I think that's why a lot of people really look to have John Hunter high on their uh, list because he took a, a solo truck operation and one well, that didn't have a ton of funding and went out there and did a very good job with it for a couple of years. So, um, sure, it probably isn't ideal. It's when you look at paths, it's a little bit unique compared to what other people do, but it's a, it's. Something I think is totally makes sense. And um you know, it kinda of puts front row motorsports the only thing I don't like about this is I'm a when when a team gets late into the year and fires a driver, you know, whether that's like October or November and they fire a driver, you sit there and you go, Oh man, that driver you know, that team kinda of just screwed that driver. But, you know, you also have to look at it vice versa too. Front row basically thought they had John Hunter check coming back this year. And I get it. John Hunter had an opportunity he felt like he couldn't pass up and I get that. But you know, it really puts front row motorsports in a in a tough situation this year. I talked about it a little bit earlier on Saturday about who I think might be in that ride and the options for that ride. And none of them scream like a, a lock on dead set candidate, a favorite for that ride. Um, so there's a lot of options right now for that team. And it kind of puts them in a weird spot. That's the only thing I really don't like about this from the John Harnedinichek perspective is that it's almost like, you know, a, a team firing a driver with a year left in their contract and saying, Oh, sorry, you're done. And then, you know, you're kind of going to get left with the scraps of what teams are left. Well, they're kind of left with the scraps of the drivers because a lot of people have their plans figured out already. So, you know, that's the only thing I don't really care about this. But at the end of the day, John Hunter felt like he had an opportunity that was really, really strong, and he couldn't pass it up. And I think it's going to be something he's going to flourish in. And if Kyle Bush Motorsports is a team that we think they can, they're capable of being, it's certainly going to be a good move. But don't. And I don't know anything about this, so this is just me speculating. I have no inside information on this at all. This is 100% speculation. Don't be surprised if you see him running some Xfinity Series races in in that fourth Joe Gibbs racing car in Xfinity either because, you know, Ty Gibbs might not be able to run on every racetrack. Uh, Kyle Busch can run only five races a year. They're going to need somebody to fill out a a good chunk of those races in that 54 car. Don't be surprised if John Hernanemichek can do that too. And if he goes over there and wins races, you know, he to the to the uh, Cup Series So something to keep an eye on 917 That's the number to call here tonight Okay guys, the main part of this show We wanted to get to The four drivers report cards A lot of teams to discuss here We're going to start with Stuart Haas Racing uh, Stuart Haas, obviously a four-cooperation Here in 2020 with Kevin Harvick Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer And Cole Custer Cole Custer running for Rook of the Year Actually won it, but we'll start with the head... The guy that everybody kind of looks at from that organization won nine races this year, had a really really good year, didn't win the championship, didn't even make the final four, was the talk of the of the uh, playoffs because of that reason. I'll start with you, Philip Matthew. What's your grade for Kevin Harvick this season?
2: I don't know what you guys, you and uh, Spencer, are gonna do, but I look at nine wins and I look at what Kevin Harvick has done, especially since. He moved over to Stuart Haas, and we've talked about it here over the past couple of years. And I think you said it, uh, Clayton, where if he didn't come through with a championship, it would be a real disappointment. And fundamentally to me, the 550 situation was where he made a lot of his uh, hay during the regular season. The 550 package is the reason why that he didn't make the final four too, and or, well, really because he couldn't pass Joey Logano, he basically that was the point that he needed to make the final four at uh, Kansas. And then the 750 package, they were they were horrible uh, relative to other teams. Uh, they were basically in the same boat as Joe Gibbs. Um, I'm gonna go and say. Uh, B plus. I mean, maybe I'm going a little high, maybe a little low. You could say that nine wins. How can you, and having as many points as he had, and until late in the year, he he was gonna he had the most points. You know, but at some point for Kevin Harvick, he's got 58 wins or whatever it is. He passed Kyle Busch in wins, all these other things. At some point, you have to win another championship. You know, a lot of these guys have won championship. Kyle Busch, you know, through whatever means, he's been able to win two uh, the last few years and then disappeared this year. Uh, at some point, you have to bring back the the big hardware. Uh, and you have to start to wonder what's, what's the deal with Kevin Harvey. I mean, obviously, he's going to run at least another couple of years, but... Um, is his focus going to be there since Keelan is is driving now? Is uh, is he focused on his marketing firm and all these other things they've got going on? This is an opportunity, and he let it slip, uh, the him and Rodney Childers. And it. I don't know if that's going to be able to – if they're going to have that same magic again in 21.
0: Oh, you bring up very, very fair points, and you know, one of my favorite sayings to kind of what you're talking about is, "Father Time is never defeated," and Harvick's got a contract through 2023. So, you know, if you take, you think about it logically, 2023 that would put him uh, when he gets there at 48 years old. um, I'm sorry, 47 years old will be his in 2023. He'll be 47 years old, you know you got to wonder how long can he keep this pace up. He's done a tremendous job. I mean, if you would have told people that he when he got to uh, Stuart Haas Racing uh, back in t- 2014 that he would do what he's done and won as many races that he has, people would go, I mean, that's incredible. And especially since they've gone to four, Harvick's been even better. So, um, but you're right. He needs to win a championship. And, you know, that's to me – at the end of the day is going to define Harvick. We're going to look at him almost like a Peyton Manning where you sit there and go, oh, he's tremendous. He's great, but he only has one championship. He's going to have to get one more here before his career is over to me in order to be put into a con- same conversation as a bunch of other guys in this sport. Um, and I know one's better than none. And, and certainly there's been guys who have um, been great, made the hall of fame with no championships. Mark Martin comes to mind. Um, but, when you have that many wins and people are going to look at it and say one championship can be a little bit disappointing. So, uh, 2020 is included in that. How about you, Spencer? Where do you got Kevin Harvick before I give my grade? Um, gave him a B plus. Where do you have Kevin Harvick on your grading scale?
1: Yeah, I can't really argue with the grade that Philip gave him. I mean, what he has done this year with nine wins just goes to show how hard this format is. Um, You know, it's not – yeah, he had a bad round. But at the end of the day, it's – you know, this is the format that NASCAR wanted. They wanted the Game 7 moment, and they got it. Yeah, I mean, this just goes to show that the format's hard as hell to advance and win a championship. I mean, you've got nine wins, and you don't win the championship. Um, You have to be spot on in these playoffs. And you have one bad week. The next two weeks are chaos. You know, you're you're battling. You're not playing defense. Um, You're definitely playing offense and that's that's hard to do when you have those other guys that are just as good. You know, the nine came on strong, all those guys. Um, you know, he has 35 wins since he came to Stor Haas in 2014, and he has won championship, and Tony Stor said when he got to Stor Haas that was their goal to win the championship, and they did just that. So um, I think that just, you know, when a guy has that many wins, 50-something, I don't know the exactly, he has 35 since he's been with Stor Haas, um, that just goes to show how hard it is to win a championship in the sport in NASCAR, and, um, you know, Kevin Harvick is that good. I mean, look at Kyle Busch, how long he's been in the sport and how dominant he's been, and he just now got his second. Um, it, that's, that's wild to think that those guys that are winning that much. Look at Truex. He, I mean, won eight, in a year, four, and then, I mean, he when he got the front row, he was killing it, and he still only has one championship. It's that hard. So, I mean, I think he's had a hell of a season. So, I can't argue with the grade-Philip game. I'm going to have to agree and give him a B+. Um, Not I mean, you can't give him an A. He didn't win the championship. So, um, B-plus is fair.
0: That's a hell of a score. i give him an A-minus. Uh, I'm a little bit more lenient with you guys, but I can totally see the B-plus. Uh, nine races is a great year. But when it came crunch time and it came to, you know, run for the championship and be at the top of your game, you know, Harvick had... Like I said, one win in the playoffs. I said that earlier. And so when you look at that, from that standpoint, you go, or excuse me, two wins in the playoffs with the Darlington and Bristol. Um, but, you know, not in the last seven races. It's not going to get it done. You have to when The money's on the line. And I get it. it was Charlotte Road, style. They get thrown in there as well. But you know, Texas, which was kind of a, a, a goofy race, didn't have a great race in Martinsville. Uh, Kansas second. But, you know, you just got to, when you're a championship contender and you've got to win the races, that that's what it is now. You know, you've got to win races when you have to, and Harvick wasn't able to do it, and that's what cost him a championship this year. Eric Amarola is next, guys, I'm going to number order. Uh, so, you know, we just did a four-car. Eric Amarola is next. Um, interesting year for this team. They got off to a rough start. I remember I did a, a little show by myself talking about crew chiefs who might have been on the hot seat. If they didn't pick it up, and I had Mike Bukaravich, the coach for this 10 team, on that list, or at least as an honorable mention. And uh, you know, Amarola, after the pandemic, got into a really odd start. It was such an odd season for him. Um, but then all of a sudden they rattled off nine races, nine top tens in a row, and it looked like Eric Amarola was going to be, you know, taken off from there. He ended up uh, 15th in the standings. But you know that nine top ten in the road streak got them from fourteenth uh, to eighth in points. So it went from a eh year to a to a really good, pretty good year. They didn't finish as strong as they had for that, you know, those nine top tens. He didn't have a great playoffs. But uh, Spencer Cowan, what's your grade for Eric Almerola in that ten team? I mean, you named off the top tens, and I feel
1: like Eric Almerola is that guy. He's in really good equipment, and I don't have a problem with his driving. I don't think he's the greatest. I don't think he's bad. Um, the problem with Eric Amarola is he's just, that, he's just that mediocre driver that gets by. He runs, you know, top ten. And don't get me wrong. There's tracks where he goes out and he's leading. He's winning stages. I mean, there was plenty of races this year where he, he was fast. And you're like, man, he could win this race. And then they just kind of choked. Third stage comes around, bad pit stop, this and that. Um, but I feel like this was a pretty good year for him. I feel like this is a year where he finishes around there in points. He makes the playoffs.
2: Um,
1: I'd probably give him just a B minus. And, you know, that might be a little high, but I don't think he did bad enough to get a C. He started off bad, um, and then he ended, you know, he, he didn't end where he was in the middle of the year where you named all those top tens. And um, But there was times where they looked good. And you were like, man, that is a storehouse car. And then, you know, it just, he just, he's, he's there and he's not, he's not consistent. But as far as, you know, him from previous years, being with Stuart Haas, you know, I don't think he, he's improved a little bit, Um, but he, he didn't, he didn't do awful. Um, So, I mean, I think a a B, uh, you know, B minus, I don't think he did bad enough to be in the C category. So um, that's where I stand on him. Not a great year, but not a bad year. You know, he, he had a solid year and, I mean, that's
0: just what it is. I don't know. So, um, yeah, that's my score for him. Listen, I think you, you, <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that cause that's a, pretty much what I have written down. Eh, you know, you kind of expect that team to kind of be there. Um, I have a similar grade, but I'll go to, uh, Philip here. Philip, what's your grade for Eric on that 10 team?
2: <laughs> We're all on uh, the same page. I think it's, uh, uh, kind of the deal here, uh, B minus. I mean, most top fives in his career, most top tens, uh, that summer run was where everything, uh, took place. I mean, he was, he drew pole at, uh, a couple of them races when I, I I mean, I don't know whoever draws the pill for him when they had that deal was unbelievable. Um, I mean, it started at Homestead, which is his home race in June, and he went through until uh, Michigan, the first Michigan race, where he had top tens every single race. and He was getting top fives. You have Michigan 2, he gets the top ten. Dover 2, he gets the top ten. Then he had a few more. In the first round of the playoffs, He he started off really well uh, and then the bottom fell out after that. Um, I mean, it's you, you know what Eric Elmerola is. Spencer said it, it. If 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 Smithfield wanted to sponsor somebody else, then they'd probably sponsor somebody else. If they said they wanted to sponsor Cold Custard or Chase Briscoe. I think you know we'd be um, done with Eric Elmerola. But you know it's a thing where at least you know he looked like he belonged uh stats say it's his best year um in terms of top fives and top tens yeah he doesn't have the win but when you look at how stewart haas was outside of kevin harvick i mean it, it you kind of take it for what it is i mean his 2018 year looks really like a like a Uh, a a rarity relative to what he's been able to do um, uh, since then.
0: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I got him a a B-minus as well. I just, you know, nothing crazy, but a a, a decent year um, for Eric Amarola. Next guy we have is the guy who ran his final season in 2020 when 2020 started. We really didn't anticipate that. But crazy things happened this year. I mean, we didn't, when February, when Daytona came around, I mean, if you told me what was going to happen, I would have never believed you. It was a wild season from start to finish. And, uh, you know, we all know what 2020 has pretty much been for everybody. But uh, what uh, kind of a surprise that Bo- Boyer ran his final year. I think we all expect him to run at least a couple more years. But here he is running his final year. Two top five finishes for Clint Boyer this year. I'll start with you, uh, Philip Matthew. Where do you get Clint Boyer graded?
2: Uh, I'll give him a C, uh, the 14 car, he had the one good year in 2018, same as I think they all wrote it out at Stewart Stuart Haas and they all were in the top 10 points that year in 2018. Uh, he won two races. Generally speaking, ever since taking over the 14 car, uh, they have not really been relevant. I mean, granted, Tony wasn't relevant after, and I'll say this as a Tony Stewart mark, Um, after middle of 2012, that car took a dive. And, you know, other things, of course, came up out for Tony that affected that. But, you know, Quinn Boyer was hired to be kind of like the guy that he was at MWR, where he was a factor, um, you know, for like, whatever, for a couple of years. I mean, he finished second in points uh, the one year in 2012 and then 13. Uh, I think that was a spin gate year was um, he finished seven in points, and he was one of the better drivers out there, and he was pretty competitive at RCR. But ever since he's been at Stuart Haas, he's just been out there. Um, and, and to me, that that car should do better. I mean, he should be able to at least compete with Eric Almarola. And he wasn't able to do that. They've changed crew chiefs multiple times. They changed all kinds of things. Um, and there's a reason why they'll say that it's money, but, uh, there's a performance based aspect to why, um, Chase Briscoe is replacing him in the 14 car, uh, for 2021 and he'll, and most of the people will love, there'll be plenty of people that love him in the booth. So, um, God uh, bless him, and I'm sure he's going to be able to race elsewhere and do other things anyways he's got plenty of money and plenty of beer too.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think anybody can argue with what you just said uh, as far as this season was concerned. I mean, um, they made a crew chief change, and I think a lot of people looked at it and said, okay, Booker Rabbit, they he's talented as a, as a really good crew chief and a really smart mind but they weren't getting the job done with Boyer. So, okay, Johnny Cosmeyer did a pretty good job with um, Eric Amarola, so they made the switch. That makes sense. And it he had his worst year statistically at Stuart Haas Racing. Now, I think what hurt him a little bit, you know, these drivers, some of these veteran drivers might be a creature of habit. Not having practice, I think, really kind of hurt him uh, and maybe even qualifying a little bit. But, you know, he was just there, again, 15th to 10th all year. Um, Spencer. Phillip gave him a C. Where do you have Clint Boyer?
1: Oh, C-minus. Man. You know, when you're running at Stuart Haas Racing, one of the biggest NASCAR teams in the sport, Harvick's winning nine races. Cole Custer gets a win. I don't care whether you say it's a fluke, luck, whatever. The fact of the matter is, his trophy's on his mantle. Clint Boyer had two top fives and 12 top tens. Twelve. The, they run a 36 race schedule and you have 12 top tens and you're in store Haas equipment. That's pathetic. I'm just going to say that's awful. Um Clint Boyer is a veteran. He knows how to run these racetracks. He's won in the series before. Uh, and that's, that's just not a good year. Um, you know, you can say, well, it's his last year, this and that he's getting, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is you're getting paid to go out and drive this race car these sponsors are paying millions of dollars. Ford, all these big manufacturers, these sponsors that are on these race cars are paying big money to be parked in Victory Lane, and Pete came nowhere near that. And there was times where he showed speed. Yes, he had some good races, but I feel like if you're in hoss <clears throat> like I said, they're competing for wins with Harvick um, and championships with Harvick, and you get 12 top 10s out of a 36-race schedule that – to me that's awful. Um I don't I don't think that's something to brag about. And then two top fives. Um when you're in a and I'm not saying I can go out and get a top five, but if you're in store haas and top fives can happen. I'm telling you, top fives can happen. Um so I mean that's just it's not a good year. And you know, he's he uh, you felt when he came into Store Haas and he ran the Sprint Unlimited he finished second, you're like, man, that, you know, this this might be what Clint Boyer needed. You know, he ran at H. Scott, like I've mentioned before, had an awful year over there, and he comes to Storthausch, and like, all right, I think this is going to work out, and it, it just hasn't. Um, two wins since he's been there. That's uh, You would you would want more for Clint Boyer, so not a great year to go out. Um, honestly, it's such a bad year, I'd want to redeem myself and go out on for another year, but um, he's not going to do that, so um, see what I
0: yeah, I got my C too. Uh, too. You know, again, it was one of those years where you look at it and, and he's had a good team and just, for whatever reason, it didn't work um, this year. And, you know, maybe part of that was he knew this was coming to an end a lot, probably a lot earlier than all of us did. Um, but still, you know, not a great year for Clint Boyer. I, I don't need, need to pile on. Um, I'll just say I give you a, a, a C for Clint Boyer uh Cole Custer he's the final Stewart Haas guy we're going to go to tonight, guys. Um, Cole Custer, rookie of the year this year, he got rookie of the year title here in 2020. Um, got his win, as Spencer mentioned earlier at Kentucky, but through the first 15 races, it was a tough, tough go of it. He was 26th in points after Pocono and fi- after 15 races. We're uh, talking about a guy, Stuart Haas. Now again, he's a rookie, so he gets a little bit of a break because you sit there and you go, "Well, you know, he's a rookie driver and first year, doesn't have a ton of practice. A little bit different way these cars drive than than he's used to in the Xfinity series." Okay, fine. Um, but they they put together and had a, a decent second half of the year. They really did. Even though the win, a lot of people are going to look at it as a fluke. To me, that really boosted his confidence a lot and. You could just look at look at the finishes and where they ran. They were a little bit more consistent. Um, you know, end of the season, finishing in the top 15, uh, four of the last five. So it wasn't a horrible season, but it was a, a decent rookie year for Cole Custer. Spencer Cowan, I'll start with you this time. What grade do you have for Cole Custer?
1: It's not going to be any better. Um, and I know, and let me just explain for people listening or like, oh, you're an idiot. I know Xfinity is a whole, when you jump to the Cup series, it's a big deal. It's a lot harder. I get that. But when you are running top three every weekend, you're the big four in the Xfinity series. You're winning races. You're winning stages, leading a shit ton of laps. And you go to the Cup series, and you finish 26th in points. And you only have seven top tens and two top fives. Yes, he got a win. Um, <clears throat> I, I know he made some great moves to get that win. and um, but if he had speed to hold off those guys there at the end, why couldn't he do it in the previous of the 35 races? Um, you know, so, is you know, this can happen to Briscoe too. Briscoe wins all these races, competes for championships, and he's going to get over in this 14 car and not do worth a damn either. I get it's your rookie year. You have a lot to learn, but 26 in points is awful, Mind you, again, these cars are fast. Cole Custer is not a bad race car driver. So why aren't these guys up front running with the other guys? Um, Yeah, I know you're – you know, there's – you know, the veterans Harvick and Bush, they know the breaking points of these racetracks. They know when to let off the gas, how far to coast into the turn. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, and those guys know that. I feel like Cole Custer knows enough to finish better than 26 in points. Um you know, if I was a sponsor that paid to be on that race car, I know Gene Haas does a lot, um, who obviously owns half of Stor Haas. But if I was a sponsor who was like, man, I'm getting on a Stor Haas car, one of the best teams in the series, man, we have a good shot, and I go out and run 22nd, I'm going to be highly disappointed, and I would be so upset to the point where I'd want a refund. Um, I just think that with the equipment that you're in, you can finish better than that um so yeah i'm gonna have to go with this i'll be a little bit more lenient since he's a rookie and go with a c but it's just it's not a good year
0: right well he made the playoffs so uh it wasn't a to me i give ulster break because he was a rookie and i always say i said this last week when we discussed uh christopher bell even you know to me the the grade is a little bit slanted because of that you know when you're going talking about a guy who's been in this cup series for 10 years and, and knows these racetracks, knows these race cars, knows who he's racing against it's a little bit different than a guy who's running in his first year. So, um, I always give the, the rookies a break, but again, I was impressed by his growth through the year, the, the first 15, the first 14, 15 races, it was a disaster. And it was almost to the point where he sat there and said they maybe they moved him up too quickly. And obviously the, the, COVID deal didn't, you know, nobody expected that to come. He didn't have any practice. Uh, so that was a, a to me, a, a major factor in that. Um, but I was impressed by his second half. How about you, Phillip? Cole Custer, what do you got hand graded?
2: I'm going to be, I, I mean, Spencer, I, I got to give him credit. I, it's something that I'd probably do on, I've probably done here on this show and I definitely do on, my show, other show, I going hardcore, uh, no lube on uh, Clint Boyer and Cold Custard. But uh, I'm going to give him a C. Why? Because he backed into that win at one of the crappiest racetracks on planet Earth. Um, showed that the 550 rules package is literally about restarts. And the guy. I mean, the point is because of the stupidity of how they changed the rookie of the year uh, situation, he became the rookie of the year uh, because he was the only one that made the playoffs. Uh, Fundamentally, he was probably the third best rookie um, at times, uh, maybe second. Uh, There was times really where Reddick and uh, Bell were better than him. Even John Hunter. Uh, We were talking about John owner earlier. I think at at best, he was a third best rookie and he got rookie of the year by default because he backed in with the one win Uh, C plus because he made the playoffs. uh, He was generally mediocre until the end of the year. Really? Um, I don't, there isn't a real high ceiling with him compared to his rookie um, all the other guys that he was in this rookie class with uh, you know with uh, Chris Bell with uh, Tyler Reddick who both of them guys were there with him both those years in Xfinity and he won races as Spencer said but um, the reality is Tyler Reddick beat him uh, Chris Bell on the regulars beating him and now he's in the 20 car even if it's the R&D car um, at Joe Gibbs uh yeah i'm gonna give him a c plus based on you know being a rookie and uh winning one race backing in the playoffs uh but it, it's that's not a very good they they fired i think they fired uh, uh Suarez for similar so uh it's because of nepotism in a sense that uh he's there and it is what it is he's not a bad guy. Uh, but there really isn't a high ceiling for Cole Custer, really, um, in in this sport. I mean, maybe he goes and wins a bunch of races. But I don't know. I don't see it.
0: Uh, I think that's a fair grade. You know, uh, I give him a C plus as well. Rookie rookie year, and again, I I grade them a curve for the rookies just because everything is different uh, when they get into the Cup Series. So I think that's a fair grade. Uh, moving along, guys, we're going to go to Team Penske next. So, get your Team Penske uh, notes together here.
2: I'm going to go to Team Penske, then I'm going to do the Wood
0: Brothers right after that since they got such a tight association. We'll do them separately, but we'll do them back to back. Start with the lowest number, then we'll move to the highest. Starting with the number two car, Brad Kozlowski. Close to your heart, Philip, I know for sure, but uh, before I get, you guys give your grades, I'll give mine quick. But, um, you know, I thought Brad had a pretty good year. A uh, uh, much better year than than I and had anticipated. I wasn't in love with that crew chief change, but turned out to be a good thing. Made the final four. Didn't have a horrible race at Phoenix. Um, but Really good on on the short tracks. So I give him a B plus. Probably be better on the mile and a half tracks, Philip. But what do you? What's your grade for Brett Kielasiewicz?
2: Yeah, B plus. I, I agree. Uh, I there was times this year where I didn't think he was going to be back at Penske. At least for a year, or at least for 2021, he'll be back. Uh, I think the signs are eventually he's going to be done there. And what he does after that uh, is quite – there's going to be a lot of questions since uh, Hendrick Motorsports is fully uh, booked up right now. Uh, they have four really young drivers out there. Uh, so that option that has been there twice isn't going to be there this time. And there's a lot of young, hungry talent in multiple organizations that have connections, whether, you know, where they're from, whether having connections to Brad itself. That might be options for uh, Team Penske and that two car, uh, since they're going to bring Gumby up uh, for 22 anyway, Uh you know, and then there's other options, too, and that's a big-time ride. So, I mean, B-plus, I, I didn't see this year as being the kind of year where he's going to go and, uh, you know, he, he you have four wins. I mean, he's been at least – this is five years in a row. He's won at least three or more races. This is basically status quo for Brad. You're You're getting this every single year, making the final four, uh, bonus. Uh, I think he wanted that championship obviously to lose to Clyde because of pit stops. Big bummer, but uh, it, you never know what's going to happen with Brad over in the long term. It kind of goes in the same way as, as Kevin Harvick. There's been missed opportunities in 2014 and 2016, and in a, to a lesser extent 2020. Compared to those two years, I think 2020 was lesser, uh, uh, less of a you know, uh, a situation where it, it, it was like a bummer. I mean, you don't want to go and lose championships when you have that opportunity, but B plus.
0: How about you, Spencer? Yeah,
1: I am actually going to give him a little bit better than that. I'm going to go with an A minus, and I tell you why. He had four wins, thirteen top fives, and twenty four top tens and you made it to the Final Four. Um, I feel like that's a season that everybody wants coming into the um, coming into the year. Yeah, of course, you know, you want to be like Harvick and win nine, but that's on a whole other level. An average season for a good cup driver is around three or four wins, making the playoffs, and go into the Final Four, round of eight. Um, and he did that. I mean, he led 952 laps. Um, you know, that just goes to show that he's out there. Um, he just came up a little short. I mean – you make it to the Final Four, you did your job. If you don't make it to the Final Four, the goal you set out in Daytona, you didn't achieve. Um, you know, you you don't have a shot in the championship unless you make the Final Four, and he did just that. And so did his teammate that we'll get to in a minute. Um, so, yeah, I give him an A-. I think if you're a Brad fan, Phillip, I'm sure you're pretty happy with the season, um, with the stats I just read off. Yeah, you're not bringing home the trophy. Um, and that goes back to, you know, Brad has been in the sport for so long, but he only has one championship. It still leads back to how hard it is to win a championship in this sport. And now, with the um, the format, the playoffs are. So, I think he had an A-minus season. I think he uh, deserves A-minus, and I, if I was a Brad fan, I'd be very happy with the season he had.
0: Yeah, I think we're all pretty much on the same page there with Kozlowski. Uh, you, you, you can't sit there and say it was a bad year at all. He had he did very, very well. Uh, the next guy we're going to discuss here is Ryan Blaney. Interesting guy. You know, interesting kid. A lot of people look at Ryan Blaney as a very, very talented race car driver, myself included. Um, but, you know, when you look at his stats and, and just how many wins he has in Cup, four wins a lot, each one each of the last four seasons, and you go, man, he kind should have been better than that. The highest he's finished in points is seventh. To me, didn't have a great year this year. Uh, Phillip I'm sorry, I'm going to start with Spencer this time. Ryan Blaney, what's your grade for him? I'm going to give him a B.
1: And and this is how I'll, I grade people. I go based off the year previous. Um, You know, obviously, if a guy has one win one year and then he has four the next, he's going to get a little bit of higher grade if he improved. Um. But this is just the same old year that we continue to see. The twelve and Ryan Blaney have is one win. He need he he's in contention to win a lot more races throughout the year. I mean, look the All Star race he was he was up front. You know, had one of the fastest cars. Didn't win that. We saw him p- uh, pre COVID the first four races of the year. He had a shot to win all four races. I mean, realistically, he did. Um, he was right there. Led a ton of laps. Won stages in all those races. Brian Blaney is a guy to me that is up front. You're, you get your hopes up. You're like, man, this is going to be the winner of the race. This this is him. He's got to win this race. If he don't win this race, something, you know, because he's, he's he's that good in some of these races, and then something happens and he can't close it off. Uh, but this is just the same year that we continue to see. He's led 668 laps this year, so it goes to show that he had fast cars, made the round, made the playoffs, but it was eliminated in the round of 16 due to a penalty that really affected um, him. He was playing um, offense the whole time. Um, so that really pretty much ended his hopes to win a championship. Um, but even if he did get out of the Ricks round of 16, I don't think he ran good enough to go compete for a championship. So um, it really didn't matter anyway. So um, I, just the be, um, you know, he just had another Ryan Blaney year with the one win and running up front. So um, he needs to start closing these off and getting two, three, four wins like his teammate. Or if I were him, I'd start to worry because he might not re-sign at Penske when his contract's up.
0: Yeah, I'm just waiting for Blaney to take off and have a year like Chase Elliott's had the last couple of years. It's just it seems like everything's there, and you talked about the year previous. It's pretty amazing when you look at the stats. I didn't realize it until I just looked at it. He had one win, 11 top fives, and 18 top tens in 2019, and this year, he had one win, 11 top fives, and 17 top tens, so pretty much the exact identical year from the year previous, and they made a crew chief change over there from Jeremy Bowens to Todd Gordon, so uh, interesting little Nugget there for Ryan Blaney. Um, how about you, Philip? What do you got him?
2: Yeah, I, I'll I'll echo what Spencer said. I mean, the reality is with with Blaney that I mean he's he's one of the most popular drivers in this sport, uh, probably right behind his his buddy uh, uh, Clyde. And I mean, Clyde's gonna never lose the he's never gonna lose the most popular driver award unless there's like other stuff going on you know but I think if it was real if it was a real vote you know uh, I think Blaney and his other friend Bubba and you know his BFF Bubba and and Clyde and all of them would be kind of all relatively equal but Blaney has to take that next step I, I mean to me between the fact Sindrick is going to be moving up uh, you know, I I feel like one of those cars is going to be open. When is Blaney going to take that step? When is he going to take go to that next level? Uh, you know, Logano, of course, needed to change teams for him to go and become, you know, this this top flight driver that every that Mark Martin talked about at 15 when he was 15 years old. People hate him, but the guy's good. You know, the Brad Keselowski has been winning consistently for years, uh, basically outside of his first year, which was a throwaway, he's consistently been winning every single year. Winning one race a year in Penske equipment, uh, is, is not great. You know, uh, it's kind of like no neck when he was there for all those years and after 2005 and for, I mean, he, Basically, his, his career was in 2003, and ever since then, he's kind of just been out there for another, what is it, seven, 18 years going into starting next year. I mean, Blaney is popular. People love him. Uh, I'm a fan of him. I, re- I respect him. I respect his dad and his whole family. But at some point, you have to perform. And when one of your good friends just went out there and 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 put one on, the whole field for two races in a row, you got to show out, um, or else, I mean, yeah, he should be worried about his job because he's going to be working. He's going to be on TV. If, if he doesn't, uh, he'll have a lot more time for his podcast too. If if he, if he doesn't start really performing.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, I echo that. I, I, I'm going to give him a B minus. I thought it was a disappointing year for him. There's no question. I remember I'm in a group text with a bunch of people who – and it's funny because there's a bunch of group of people who are Ford people, and there's a bunch of group of people who are Chevy people. And naturally, the discussion before the year was Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney. And you know there was a discussion of one group. The Ford group thought Ryan Blaney was better, and the Chevy group said, no, 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 it's Chase Elliott. And I kind of looked at them and said, they, they, got, they both got skill. It's just a matter of who takes off. And I thought Blaney – and I remember saying in the text, Blaney's going to have a really good year this year. I think he needs to have a good year this year. And he didn't, you know, um, and so it's getting to that point. And that's what what he done previous shouldn't affect what he did in 2020. Uh, but it just wasn't a great year for him. I don't know what else to say. You know, B minus for me. I'm interested to see where you guys go with with this with this next driver. Uh, and the final one we're gonna do at Team Penske. Then we go to the Wood Brothers, obviously with D. Benedetto. But Joe Logano, very interesting year for Joe Logano. He had three wins this year. You know, two of them two won year, and, and the last one got him into the to the final four, and it came late in the year, um, at Kansas. But it was a um, a year that in the middle of those wins, you know, he won two before we shut down for the pandemic at Las Vegas and Phoenix, and then he didn't win again until Kansas. You know, four races ago in the year. Between that was an interesting year. So I'm curious to see where you guys go. Uh, I'll start with Philip this time. Where do you have Joe Logano graded for this year?
2: Oh, this one uh, definitely is is an interesting one for sure, as you said. Uh, I mean, coming off this is his fourth what is it, fourth year out of the last five, and what is it? he's been he's been on a really good roll here. Um, outside of the the misnomer in 2017 where they didn't even make the playoff. And he had a car that he could have won the race uh, at Phoenix. Uh, Paul Wolf and him, it's a combination that's going to go a long time. Uh, He he had one more win than he had in 2019. Of course, he finished two spots ahead. I mean, to be honest, there was – I look at Joey Logano's season. You know, he had that great start with those two wins in the first four races, and after that, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, he was just kind of there. And, and he had lots of top tens, and he was around, but he wasn't a factor. I, I Give him a B. I mean, and frankly, w- we don't know. I, I don't think we've seen the best of this combination yet, and considering what we've gone through, I don't know how we're going to see the best of both. Joey Logano and Paul Wolfe together, but I do believe that this combination, this is the this is the foundation of Penske Racing in the Cup Series. This 22 team with Joey and and Paul, and over time, I think this is where the payoff is really going to come through. Um, I, 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 credit to them to make it into the Final Four. They weren't a Final Four. Worthy team, but then they ran well in Phoenix. So who knows? I think the the best is yet to come for them.
0: Agreed. And and it was just such an interesting year in the middle of it, like you said. Spencer, Logano, what's his grade?
1: Uh, B plus. I mean, he had just a, you know, Brad had four and Logano had three. I gave Brad an A, a minus. So. I think Joey deserves a B-plus um, with three wins. He led just about as many laps as Brad. There's about 20-lap difference um, that he ran fewer than Brad. Um, so, I mean, the whole Penske bunch is right there in a circle. They're pretty close. Um, so, yeah, I got to give him a B-plus. Um, you know, if he would have had the fourth win, you know, he could have gotten an A column like I gave Brad. But um, but he had, a, he had a solid year. You know, he made it to the Final Four, and once again, that's what you set out to do. If you don't make it to the final four you don't have a shot at the championship. So um I think it's uh, another good year um by Logano. Like I said, as an average season it's about four three to four wins is what a driver I which what I would consider a decent season. Um hell, my driver didn't even race this year so um <laughs> if I was a Lugano fan I'd be pretty happy. So uh yeah, B plus is I think fair for Logano.
0: Well, I agree totally that his grade, to me, is affected by making the Final Four. And for whatever reason, people say, well, it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, like you said, that's what you set out to do, and he he accomplished that goal. I give him a B. I'm not as high as you are, um, just because I like to see consistency with that. But certainly a a very solid year for Joe Logano. Spencer, a team close to your heart there. Wood Brothers Racing, Matt DiBenedetto, 21 car, what's his grade for 2020?
2: Uh
1: the expectations aren't what I thought they would be, really. I thought he would have a little bit better of a year. Um, oh man, that's tough. You wanna you the top fives weren't really there. He only had three, he had eleven top tens, which is not bad. Um I just thought the year would be a little better. I thought with him coming into that ride. Um, I thought, you know, we saw how good he ran in the 95, you know, on the road courses and at Bristol, you're like, man, you know, this Ford team of the 21 Wood Brothers is a little bit better. Um, this is going to be a good year. You know, I thought, you know, I think we all said that he could possibly win a race this year. And I'm not saying he ran awful. You know, those were times where, um, he was running up front and was getting stage points and he finished races. He only had one DNF. Um, you know, he didn't have a bad uh average finish either it's 14.8 that's right around what boyer had um another 14 so i mean he it's not like he was out to lunch he was just you know he was just almost into the top 10 category he was 11th um i don't know i a b minus maybe a b um i i don't know it's i just expected more i guess from the him in the 21 car um I feel like a B might be a little harsh, and a B might be a little too high. So, somewhere right in there, um, let's just go with a B minus. I mean, he he didn't win, um, but he was fast at times, and you know it was his first year over there. So, um, I think that's where I have to grade him. And I think he'll be better next year because um, he'll have a whole year under his belt with that team. And um, you know, I'd like to see him run better in that car and get them get the 100th win for them.
0: Yeah. You're right. I think I expected more than from Matt, too, and, and especially when you looked at the, how he started this year. He started this year great. I mean, he, he uh second at Las Vegas, a couple of top 15s, and ninth at Darlington. So, really, before the pandemic, he was ninth in points. You're like, okay, good. Then it just sort of fell off a cliff in the middle of the year, it felt like. They had some decent runs, but they just couldn't find a consistency, especially towards the tail end of the playoff uh, of the regular season. Excuse me. Um, so, an interesting year for. for for Matt. Um I'll give my grade after Philip gives his. Phillips, what's your grade for Matthew Benedetto?
2: I'll give him a B minus. I mean, when you consider uh he's Reddit's favorite driver, uh plenty of people, juice heads and GTL people love Steve Benedetto and everyone knows that he's not gonna have a job after twenty one as it stands, so um, he's a, a fan, he got the fan vote, or he won a stay I don't know, I think he won his way into the all-star race through one of the uh, stages, so, and he was going to win the fan vote too, or something like that, or, or he was close, or I think, whatever. The the fact is, he had a great year for what he has done relative. Granted, you know, it's probably about the best equipment he's ever had, uh, relative to also who he replaced, I think that's not bad either because Paul Menard couldn't sniff the playoffs of his life, depended on it. Um, I'm no freaking Matthew Benedetto guy, but I think B a you would want more, um, it, but I think it kind of looks, you look at the Wood Brothers in a separate way um, compared to the actual Penske trio. And it's part of the reason why Gumby is going to go over there and wreck a bunch of race cars and do real well at road courses um, here over this next couple of years, because it's a safe, safe place.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go C plus two for Matty D. It was a, like I said, it was a year where I think, again, this team, you know, everybody was hurt by the pandemic and everybody was hurt by a lack of practice, but a guy in his first year with an organization Certainly didn't help. Um, so C-plus for me on the Matty Benedetto side. Roush Fenway, guys, this is an interesting one because um, with what happened with Ryan Newman and everything that went on with that organization, Chris Buescher in his first year with that team as well. Uh, so Roush Fenway Racing, I'll, I guess I'll start with the grade that I'm going to give Ryan Newman because I don't know if you guys think um, you're going to you, – I'm going to be very, very harsh here. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this straight up. I thought Roush Fenway, both cars – Busher was, was a little bit better, in my opinion, than Newman. But I'm going to give Ryan Newman a D. And two top ten finishes this year, It every time you looked at that six car, it was just 20th or worse. I mean, it, at points they were in the mid-20s to the back-end 20s. You're going, that's a team that made the playoffs a year ago. What is going on? Um, Newman came out several times during the year and said the team was very unprepared for the races. Uh, they made a, a, a change to uh, their their um, hierarchy. Jimmy Fennec is going to be their uh, their competition director, vice president of competition next year for Roush Fenway. We'll see what that does. And, and, you know, to give a little plug for next week, David Reagan's going to be on our show, and he drove for Roush Fenway for a lot of years. We're going to get his take on that team as well and what he thinks about that organization because we remember the heyday, Philip, and I'm sure Spencer does too, at least the back end of it. They were great, but this year was not a great year at all. So I give Ryan Newman a D this year in that six car. Um, I can't remember where. Oh, I started Philip. I started Spencer last time, so I'll start with Philip this time. What do you have for Ryan Newman's grade this year?
2: I they will just give him a D too. I, I mean, it's it's Ryan Newman. I mean, what? I mean, God bless the fact that this is a, this is all I'm going to say for Ryan Newman because Roush Fenway is not relevant anymore. They're going down the same path as the Great Bud Moore team and Robert Great Robert Yates Racing team into irrelevancy, uh, total irrelevancy. Um, I'm glad that he's still here for his daughters, and you know, his and his family and all that. That's basically he should have won the Daytona 500 he got sent into outer space and and it could have, it could have been a lot worse. Um, The fact of the matter is he's here and um, he just drives around. Uh, That's what he does. And uh, I mean, uh, you can also make the case that you had Ross Chastain in that six car and they couldn't do jack crap. He couldn't do jack crap in that car and Ross Chastain will drive the wheels off of anything. So if he couldn't do anything with that thing, then, you know, it probably had something to do with the car too. But I mean, Ryan Newman also has kind of just been holding up the seat for a decade plus. So i just go with the D.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Worst average finish for Ryan Newman since 2008. How about you, Spencer? Um, Ryan Newman's year. Again, I know I'm kind of harsh, on that, but I just, that six car was whew, this year. I'm really surprised they kept, at least, you know, for the time being, they haven't announced any crew chief changes there, which I'm shocked about. Um, what's your what's your take on the six car?
1: Brand like dog crap. Um, and no, I don't think you're harsh at all. I know what happened in the day 500 was a scary thing. Um, Clayton, me and you were there, and I, kind of be straight up honest with people, I think a lot of people were leaving the. Daytona Speedway thinking he was dead um you know there's no telling what that does you know in your mind um I've never had to go through that and I you know I'm not a race car driver so I won't ever have to go through um you know what he went through flipping and going into the catch fence and but he had time off you know to be medically cleared get his mind straight and he was ready to come back he chose to come back um that car was that car was awful um, you know, like Phillips said, and I'm not trying to be biased, you know, everybody that listens knows I'm a big Ross Chastain fan. Ross was the best finish that he could get in that car was 17th. There was times where he was there around 11th, but the car just, it's not good. And it's not like Busher's running any better. Um, he is, but it's not like he's, you know, wow. Look at Chris Buescher. Um, I think the team has been off for years and, um, I don't know. I just feel like with it being Ryan Newman, you have 18 career wins. I believe he does. Um, You're a Daytona 500 champion. You've been around forever. Um, You know how to freaking drive the race car. Um, I mean, that's why he's the guy known, hardest guy to pass. He can drive a race car. Um, But you can only be as good as your race car. I mean, you might be able to get a little bit, you know, if your car is dog crap, I'm sorry, you can't put Kyle Busch in Quinn Huff's car and go win a race. It's just, and, you know, I'm just using that as an example that the Six and Roush's, they're no good. Um, I don't know what, why they're so off. You know, I've been to the facility. It's a beautiful shop. You, you would think they would have all this money. I mean, and they do got all this money, but I don't know why they're. It, it's mind-boggling to me that a, a big company like that, Roush, can be so awful. Um, and you know, I, I give them a, B plus, I guess, just because what happened to the Daytona 500 mindset, whatever. Um, but it's really. You guys aren't any – I mean, you guys gave him a D, and I can't argue with that either. So um, just not a good year for the six. Um, just It was awful. It was a disaster.
0: Yeah, I echo what you said at Daytona. That was one of the scariest uh, times I've ever experienced at a racetrack. And thankfully, Ryan Newman was able to pull through and, and pretty much have no ill effects from it after a couple of months and walked out of there two day a day or two later. That was insane um, considering how we felt walking out of that racetrack. Um Chris Busher guys, again, Rosh Fenway team, uh, he had eight top ten finishes this year, which is a little bit better. Uh, I felt like that team from about 20th race on in the year had a had a pretty good year. Uh, they didn't finish that strong and this season that strong. But uh, middle part of the year, the new crew chief with Luke Lambert over there at the 17, uh, I think that took Busher a little while to get used to and took this team a little while to get used to, but they – Seem to figure it out and do a little bit better in the middle of the year, but uh, Philip, our uh, silver Spencer here. I know we kind of talked about them as a whole, so maybe uh, a, little, a little quick here with Chris Busher, But what's your grade um, for Chris Buescher? Um,
1: give him a C minus. Um, I think, and I'll, I'll come out and say this: I'm not a Chris Busher fan. I don't have his T-shirts in my closet or his hats on a rack. But I think Chris Busher is a solid race car driver. Um he's an Xfinity series champion with Roush. Um, I I I thought coming over to this seventeen that he would run decent. You know, you looked at Stenhouse and he was really good on the plate tracks, and so is Busher. But I think Busher is a little bit better of a race car driver than Ricky Stenhouse Junior. Um actually no, not a little, a lot. Um you know, he finished third in the Daytona 500. He finished fifth in the Daytona road course. He had an eighth-place finish at Bristol, ninth at Las Vegas. So, he looked good at times, 14th at Dover. That's not bad. You know, for that team and Busher to go out and get those finishes, that's that's a solid day. Um, as you mentioned, he had eight top ten. Um, you know, you're starting off. And he's always ran good at the Daytona 500, whether he was with the 37 or the 17 with JTG Daugherty, and now he's at Roush. Um so there's times where he's shines. you're like man that seventeen looks looks pretty good you know they're having a good run but it's not the year that I expected the same with Matty B. I expected Busher to go out and get a lot more out of that race car but like I mentioned you know Busher can he can only drive the wheels off of a car that you know you can only drive the car so much and you can only get so much out of the race car um you know like you can only push a wagon so so damn fast down the hill I mean you, you I know the, I know he's getting everything out of the race car he possibly can, but the cars just aren't there, so he can't perform. Um, so, yeah, C-plus, you know, it's not a year that I thought he would have. I wish I could give him, like, a B-minus, you know. Hey, you know, he finished, you know, I don't know, 17th yeah. in points, somewhere right around there. But it just wasn't a year, mm-hmm. kind of like Matty D. I thought he would outperform a little bit better, so um,
0: C-minus. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fair grade. How about you, Philip, uh, quick before we go to uh, Front Run Motorsports, which has an alliance with Roush?
2: Um, what was your grade for Busher? Yeah, it was disappointing for sure. Uh, Busher, but I think it's more to do with the equipment. Uh, you consider, I mean, I think we talked about it. You talk about Busher for the second half of the 2019 season. He was getting top 20s every week. And when you consider how much of a nightmare. Uh, the season was for Ryan Priest. It's it, it's something that um, Busher goes to this 17 card and, and it wasn't great. Uh, you know, I think C plus is is as good as it can get. I don't know where this is gonna go. Of course, Fastenal is is signing back up, and so that's a good thing. Um, Busher is an underrated guy. He's won an ARCA title for the Rulo brothers, won the Xfinity title, as Spencer said, uh, for Roush. I mean, potential is there. He won for Front Row. He won a Cup race for Front Row Motorsports. I was there um, when he did it. So the the notion is, Busher has the potential and the talent. Is Roush even in the business of actually trying to be competitive anymore? Uh, We will find out probably over the next couple of years, or else those two charters will probably be available to Rick (laughs) Ware.
0: We're going to move on, guys. Uh, I give Busher, I'll give my grade to Busher, uh, a C uh, for that. You know, again, it was a little bit better than Newman. I just, that six car was I know know Ryan Newman came out and said, oh, well, Busher's not running any better. I thought the 6 was in a different league than the 17 as far as where they ran this year. Um, And I don't know why that was, but uh, the 17 wasn't great either, but the 17 to me was a little bit way more competitive than the 6 was. So a C for Chris Busher Front row motorsports, guys, moved on. Obviously, Michael McDowell, John Hunter, Nimbuchek was there in 2020. John Hunter's no no longer going to be there. We talked about that earlier. Um, Michael McDowell, Spencer... What's his grade for the year? I don't
1: I don't know. I just feel like it was another another typical year for the thirty four Michael McDowell with the bright yellow race car that's consistently running where he normally does. Um Oh man, I don't see C minus. C-. I mean that's a team where it's hard to grade because they literally have the same year every year. Um, Don't get me wrong. He does good at Daytona and Talladega. He's up front. Um, But he didn't really do anything to impress me. Like I said, it's just a typical year for that team. And um, I feel like a C minus right where I said is a year. I mean, for that team, you're not really going to see that team improve anymore. Um, I mean, how long is it going to take for the guy to improve? And that thirty four loves travel stop forward. I mean it's just not. It's it's mm-hmm. the same thing every year. And so like, it's gonna be a, sh- a short uh short summary on that team with just to see mine.
0: Uh not not a bad grade. Um I give my I give him a C plus. I thought he actually had a pretty good year this year. Um considering that they finished twenty third in points and yeah, there was Newman who missed races, so they probably would have he probably was a little bit better there. But, you know, there was times in that year where that 34 car was in the top 20, and, and that's a pretty good run for them with everything they got. Uh, I, I don't want to count the top 20s on the air right now. Maybe I'll do it when Philip gives his take, but he had a significant amount of top 20s, and I bet you they're more, way more than they were last year in 2019. So uh, a solid year, I thought, for Michael McDowell, gives gives me a C plus. Philip, what's your take on McDowell, and where's his grade?
2: I'll go with a C. I mean, what? when you consider that Michael McDowell's uh, entire career is based on him knocking the wall down in the Aaron's dream machine at Texas and then getting his butt kicked by uh, Daniel Suarez um, at Phoenix at home, no less, and he got beat up by Daniel Suarez in qualifying that one time and then going in right-rearing Bubba at the All-Star Race you go and consider that team and that, you know, we've been I mean, uh, – it's whatever. Uh, I, I, I think the road courses here, more road courses, might give him an opportunity. The fact that he has job security, I mean, God bless him. He's a good guy. I I got to interview him. He was really honest and, and, and nice to me many years ago when he was starting parking for Phil Parsons and his mullet. And uh, all the like, couple other cellar dwellers, I forget who else was running that 98 team back then, um, Jay Robinson, I think. But the fact is, it's you're not going to get any better. I mean, frankly, he had his best year, um, you know, in, in his career. So whatever, give him a see, and and God bless him to his family, Nick Driver. Jesus Thirty-eight. Is with him. Uh
0: is the second car that of that front row motorsports team.
2: We know John Hunter is
0: not going to be there. Obviously, we'll have Philip to grade him for 2020. Um, what was your grade for John Hunter Nemechek? I'll start with you, Philip, and then we'll uh, go to Spencer. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, which is great.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll give him a, a, a C+, because, frankly, I look at John Hunter Nemechek I'm I'm giving him an overall, even going back to when he jumped in uh, that front row motorsports equipment. Granted, he finished well behind his teammate in points. Uh, I mean, I say well behind. I mean, it was like what 50-something points. So you consider that over a 36-race schedule. You're talking about two points a race. So it's two positions. He, He was... He was up there. He finished ninth at Darlington. He was running top fifteen. He had competitive cars. He was running top fifteen. He was on a little bit of a run there early in the year. Got a top ten in Talladega. You know, had a chance to win that Talladega race actually. And then after that, the bottom fell out. Um, he's the 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 reality is he's better than the equipment that he was driving uh the potential long term potential is is there, and um you know it's a, we're gonna see what he's gonna what he really has i think driving um uh, and for all the people all the a holes that say he wrecks a lot, the fact is he only got eliminated out of what was a five races uh, with the wrecks i mean he may have hit the wall a lot more than that one like completely demolishing equipment for all the A holes that say that he wrecks a lot of equipment. He doesn't he doesn't wreck that much equipment.
0: Agreed. he is aggressive, so I think that is um a tie to you as far as when you're an aggressive driver, people say, oh well we drop a lot of stuff. Um, but you know there are some home runs there too. You know it's like a home run hitter who strikes out a lot. Well he strikes out too much. Okay, but he also you know hits thirty home runs a year. I'm not saying John Hunter's that same guy, but it's a type of driver um, I don't know if he was as – he's not as strong, high a grade for me personally. And I'll let Phillip, uh, Spencer give his grade before I give mine. Just as as Michael McDowell was, just because he wasn't as consistent. That's what it comes down to. And I know John Hunter was a rookie, so I did factor that in. He's not you know, a couple of notches down. He's only one notch down from McDowell, in my opinion. But he wasn't as consistent as McDowell. But Spencer, what's your grade for, for Uh And then we got one more after this, guys.
1: Uh, I will probably give him, uh, a C. I gave Miguel C minus because he's a veteran. And, uh, but yeah, he is a, he is a rookie. Um, didn't tear up a lot of equipment. I've been seeing a lot of that lately. Um, like Phillips said, I don't know why. Um, but he had some really good runs, you know, he started off the year and it, mind you, the first couple weeks of the season, he was leading rookie of the year, um, for, like the first five or six weeks, you know, he has an 11th place finish. He has an eighth place finish, a 15th, you know, those are good runs for them. Um, There's another eighth place, a 17th. um, There's a two thirteenth, So those are, you know, that comes at Bristol and uh, Charlotte, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hell of a day for that small team. You know, when you go out and run 13th and ninth and eighth and 17th, um, that's solid. And there was, you know, you're like, wow, you know, he's doing okay in this car. And then, um, but yeah, he wasn't that consistent. Um, you'd like to see, you know, now if he was running 17th every race, well then you're like, man, you know, that's all that car's got. Um, but some of the finishes like 36, that's not a 36 place car. Um, so a little bit higher than Michael McDowell, probably a C. Um, and he's a better driver. If we're ranking off skill, he's not a C driver, but based off his year and the equipment he's in, a C. Um, it's not something that blew your socks off, but he, um, he went out and, Got the year over with, and now he's going on to bigger and better things.
0: So See, I agree, I agree with him as well. And I just want to kind of make a programming note here. I know I discussed earlier in the show that we would talk about Carl Long and the open team situation that Bob Packers talked about. but this has run a little bit longer than I expected. So we'll discuss that next week after we interview David Reagan. Uh, we'll talk to David Reagan for hopefully about uh, 20 to 30 minutes, and then we'll discuss that uh, as well as maybe in the truck series schedule, although there's not much to discuss there. Um so we'll get to that in a little bit, but I just wanted to kinda of tell the fans that we're gonna end it right after this grade here, which is the grade for grow, go fast racing, guys. Just uh let's do let's do Go Fast here. Um LaJoy was a driver obviously this year. Go fast is going away at the end of the year. LaJoy's got other plans, it's probably gonna to go to Spire from here, we But uh when you look at his twenty twenty season, Philip, where do you grade Corey LaJoy?
2: I mean, I'll uh, probably give him a, a D. Uh, I mean, they don't know if it's really about Corey LaJoy, uh, as it is about the organization that's going out of business and they're going off to do whatever the heck they're going to be doing. Um, there's a lot of issues. Team's not great. Um, they had other things going on that you'd question, but the fact is I think if Spire – is really serious. We're going to find out with Corey LaJoy. Um, but for what it is, we'll give him a D.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty close to what I have him as well. Spencer, how about you for Corey LaJoy? Where's his grade? Uh, C minus. Uh,
1: I can't argue with Phillips' grade either. You know, you figure coming into this year, yeah, they're going to have hostile Lines. You know, they're going to be a little bit better. Uh, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott will tell you right now that Corey LeJoy is a good driver. They battled, They both said they've battled for wins with him in the real low uh, series. Um, it's just that team doesn't have the resource. But they had Storthaus Alliance, Now I don't care if it's hamming down, it's still better than what they had to begin with. And Corey is a solid driver. I and mean, You figure they would get a little bit more out. Um, but I don't know if I even trust these Alliance things anymore. LFR said they had a better – Toyota Joe Gibbs Alliance this year too and that didn't seem to help them either so um so yeah I mean just uh, not a good year for them to go out uh the team's closing down and I definitely wouldn't wouldn't want to go out the way they did this year and um and it, they had sixty and s two that's huge that hurts them in the points a lot too so um c minus
0: I give them a d plus you know i i think I thought they would have a little bit better year than them, what they had. And whether whatever was with that, you know, they knew they were shutting down at the end of the year or whatnot. I know they lost their crew chief as well. They hired a new guy this year, Ryan Sparks, who didn't do a bad job. But um, I just expect a little bit more from that organization, so I gave him a D plus. But, guys, I know it was a, a long, a lot of cars to get through. We're going to have a Chevrolet one here in a couple of weeks as well. A couple of programming notes that I do want to get to. And, again, if you're listening to this show, like us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook as well. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can find out everything we do there. Um, next week on Monday, the 30th, this show is going to start at 7.30, and we're going to discuss, we're going to have a, a, a chat with David Reagan, former former current driver in the Cup Series, uh, and we'll discuss all kinds of things. I'm going to ask him about Rosh Fenler Racing. We're going to ask him about the 2020 uh, 2022 car coming in. We're to, I'm also going to ask him, uh, about the schedule and whether or not he likes the direction NASCAR is going there as well. So we've got all kinds of things to ask him, and it's going to be a really fun conversation with him. On the 7th, we're going to do our Chevrolet final report cards for uh, the 2020 season. We'll discuss that as well. And, uh, you know, we hopefully have a, a couple of more things coming up. This offseason is a little bit longer this year considering um, Speed Week starts a little bit later. So we'll we'll try and keep you guys entertained throughout the year. Uh, Here on Talking in Circles throughout the off season We're probably going to take a uh, week off If you're you're looking ahead um, The 28th of December Between the uh, holiday for Christmas And the New Year holiday We'll probably take that Monday off Play a best of show probably there For you guys on that Monday But other than that we're pretty much Going to have a show every week Until Speed Week So we're excited for it guys And uh, we'll see you next time here on Talking in Circles Stay tuned for next week's show with David Reagan. We're excited. Good night, everybody. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install
2: them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly!